get off your ass and subscribe. Black Aristocrats Podcast. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. Real life, though. I cannot. I cannot Dave believe Keisha. it. Eyes open. She from Jamaica, Queens, only came to Harlem to shop. Her mother just got a divorce and her father a cop. I learned this about 10 minutes in the conversation. I'm thinking, I don't Black even know you. Why that information? I and I'm pacing back and forth. Asked her for a number. Her name, Keisha. Nice to meet you. She said she never fucked with nobody from Harlem. I got homies from Southside. I figured I would. I'm tired, bitch. Out exact locations and where she grew up. Her mom's new boyfriend got some coke, then he blew up. She used to play with credit cards and line niggas at nightclubs. Fucked a couple niggas, but left them cause she ain't like love. I was down at flight club. Keisha text me like, what you doing? I scuffed up my retros. I'm about to cop some new ones. She said she had the Mandarin, Oriental and yeah. Columbus Circle. She got some sour, but she wanted purple. I told her later we could link up. I called my young and Kai to bring her eighth to her. He plot and on taking a funny little nigga, but fuck it, that's how we raised. If it ain't wifey, then all the homies can play back to Keisha. She black but had them Spanish features. Yeah, Black Aristocrats Podcast. Thank y'all for joining us today, man. We got another one down in the books. I ain't really finna do the episode number counting all that, man. If you really subscribing and listening... You can keep up yourself, man, or you'll see it whenever it's in the bio, you know. But um, thank y'all for joining us today. I got a good episode for y'all, man, in the books. I think this is going to be a real good one, man. I got a, I got a special guest of mine, man. We go way, way back. You know, we went to school together. You know, I'm talking about, like, real school, like middle school. I'm not talking about, oh, we went to college or, you know, we did two years in high school or whatever. Nah, man, we, like, we, we really went to middle school on up together you know what i'm saying so um you know this 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 brother knew my upbringing and i i know his upbringing as well man and um i feel like he got a, a good story to tell man and i got him on the show man and he going to explain why we started with the song Davies Keisha and i want to welcome y'all to the show man my man Shane man what up Shane tell the people what up baby hey what's going on how y'all doing so man, we want to welcome you to the show, man. Um, you hit thank me you, up, man. You. you hit me up in the email, man, and well, actually, it was on the text message. You know what I'm saying? And you was like, man, I, I listen to the podcast, and I like it, man. I like what you're doing, and you know, you gave me some words of encouragement and motivation. But little did you know, all along, I had you in mind of coming on the show. So I really felt like it was like the universe talking to me when you hit me up, man, because. You know, I guess, you know, it, it made the worlds connect back together. You know what I'm saying? So, um, first and foremost, man, how you doing and how you been, brother? I'm doing fine. Yeah, this right now I'm currently in Atlanta. Um, doing fine. Life is good. I'm still here. Get to see a lot of good people. How you feeling? Same way, man. Same way, man. You know, I, I don't move my feet as much as you, man. Every time I look on the ground, man, you is flying here, flying there. You moving around, man. I'm like, damn, does this king ever keep still? Like, do you keep still? Just a still? little bit. <laughs> I mean, damn, man. I'm sure them babies is missing you like crazy, crazy, crazy. You always on the go, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been, this last past yeah. couple years, past year, I've been real busy. Yeah. A lot of flights. Yeah, yeah, that's good though, man. That's good. And 
And we're going to get to the reason why you flying so god darn much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because he a busy man. So we're going to start with, let's start with Shane himself, man. Tell the people a little bit about you, man. Oh, man. Like you say, we came up through together, you know, from Louisiana, Sunset. You hear Sunset, you know, not a lot of people know where Sunset at. It's such a small place. Exit 11, um, baby. Yeah, so grew up in Sunset, you know. Um, then I high school. But hold on now, but hold on. You can't just say, you know, we grew up together and it was in Sunset. Now, you know, I was across the bridge now. You know, the bridge separated us. All right, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, okay. But, you know, we all family, though. Exit 11, stand up, baby. Yeah, Sunset, G-Town, baby. You dig? <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, um, we was in high school, uh, elementary, high school together, you know, and then off to the military, and I've been... I've been around the world a little bit, and then coming to the end, got coming up on sixteen years, man. Sixteen years, and sixteen years. Let's give a round of applause for that, man. Sixteen years, man. Y'all hear that? Sixteen years, man. You know, and um, that's big in itself because um, I hear people, you know. I stay in an area that has, you know, military bases and stuff, man. And you hear all the time. You hear young cats, you know, some of them like, man, I'm about to get out of here, man. I'm doing my little four years. I'm getting out of here. And then you hear some of these cats, man, they like, man, I'm just, you know, I'm locked in, man. I'm finna do my 20 and I'm, I'm you feel me? I'm, I'm, I'm out. Man, you said 16, man. You ain't got that long left, boy. No, no, not not that long, man. And you in your prime. All that running you doing, <laughs> you in your prime, boy. So you gonna you know you got you got a lot more uh you know you got a lot more life to live boy that's 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 a blessing man because I had this conversation with it was on the last episode or I think we had it behind the scenes but it was it was to the nature of like damn you trying to retire at what age what age you trying to retire and my best example was to be I want to retire as early as I can you know and uh yeah definitely man. I say 16 years, I meant 14 years. I have six left. I was counting um, my two-year earlier um, retirement, but 14 years. But um, So when I go to, uh, when I come to move to Georgia next year, I have, um, I have six years left. Oh, I wish I did have 16, though, yeah. <laughs> but 14 years, man. 14, you still, you got six years left. You still, what, hey, I win, you know. Me, I'm 33 years old. So if somebody say you got six more years before you retire, man, that's still under 40 years old, man. That's big, man. That's real, real yeah, big. Man. You know what I'm saying? And, so, <laughs> hey, just and I can tell you what. What? I can tell you what. 20 years is it. Straight up. That's it, huh? That's it. That's it. What you got in I'm mind not after that? No more. What you got in mind after right. that? So that's my heart. That's what I'm trying to work on right now, man. It's like. With six years left, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do because I've been, you know, doing this for 14 years. It's all I've been doing. Um, so it's like, I don't know what I'm trying to do next, man. It's crazy. So I'm trying to work on that right now. I don't want to get out and don't have, you know, nothing planned. Yeah, but so, you've, so that's far what I've been working on. So far, you're just trying to lock in on your uh, on your 20 years and that's it. You done. What you going to tell them after them 20 years? What you going to tell them? 
I'm tired, bitch. Hey. <laughs> hey, thank you for everything. Straight up, but I'm finna <laughs> kick out and ride off in the sunset, man. <laughs> oh, definitely, man. So, so let's get more into you, man. Um, almost 14 years in, you feel me? Um, you're a sergeant, first class. You got an associate's degree in criminal justice. You also have a bachelor in business. Now, in your stint in the military, you was also awarded a bronze star, a purple heart star, and many, 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 many others that I would love for you to explain. Oh yeah, man. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't really like. I don't really talk about myself as much, you know. But most of those, most of those awards, you know. Um, it's coming from hard work that I, I put in over the time. You know, some is um, quick achievement, but most of them was hard work. My most, um, you know, the one that I really care most Your about. Your most prestigious. Is probably, it, yeah, to me, is is the Purple Heart because of that day, man. You know, you know that's a bad day. I'm sure we're gonna get into that day, but yeah, that that means so much to me, man. Like all the rest of that, you know, I kind of just put that to the side. But you want to get me talking? That's that's my most prestigious award right there, man. Well, let's get into the Purple Heart, my man. Yeah, so um, it's it's that 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 day that you know still I don't want to say hunt me, but you know, um, every time that day roll around, you know, I'm, I'm a different person. Um, it's like August, clockwork, um, huh? It, it it just does something to you, huh? Yeah, man. August twenty eighth, you know, two um two thousand um seven for me was a you know pretty bad day, you know. Um, so could you just it's crazy? So, so so could you just could you just could you just take us through that day, like as far as you know, with, with, like as far as could you just like take us through that day, like you know you 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 know you you get up, you know you 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 alone, you riding with your brothers, and you know. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I walked you through the whole thing. So that early, we was to get um, a little bit of background on it. We was building um, some footpaths to put the bridge in. Another unit will come put a bridge over the footpath that we was putting in. So we we had the holes dug for the most part. We was um, they was finished. Early that morning, when I actually did get hurt, um, we got mortared from our job site. So they sent mortars to our five early that morning. They sent mortars so at the, you guys. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So where so were you? So, we, so hold on. So not to lose the listeners, you uh, give us the location. Where were you? Like as far as where were you? I was at that at that time. I was in. Um, it's called Georgia, Afghanistan. Like you could literally look over and see Pakistan. But yeah, it was Georgia, Afghanistan. It's in Afghanistan. Um, okay. And they yeah. sun mortars at you guys' camp earlier that morning. Yeah, um, that was woke us up. Um, and then after we waited out, because usually when you get mortared, you know, you waited out to make sure that they ain't sending more. Mm-hmm. So after it stopped, um, I'll say probably like an hour or two later, we went to our job site. We made sure, you know, nothing was left behind there for us, you know. Mm-hmm. We proofed it. Um, nothing was, nothing was there. So it's a normal day, man. A lot of people there, and then you know how you get that funny feeling. Yeah, boy. That man, something, something's not right. Yeah, something's not right. So you I've so seen you, all these. So you had that funny feeling. 
Yeah. Um, like earlier that earlier that day, you know, I kind of seen, I kind of seen the whole thing that happened to me play out, and then we actually get over there to the job site, prove the site. We there for probably like an hour, because usually we switch um, gunners, and a gunner is somebody who's sitting in the gun truck, you know, just watching to make sure nothing happens. Yeah, and they have like a squad automatic weapon up there, so you know that's the one that shoots uh, for the normal listeners. It's a machine gun. Yeah. So I was a um, gunner. So I was sitting there. Every hour on hour, we would switch. They noticed that trend that we would do that mm-hmm. um, over the two weeks that we was there at the time, I think. So as soon as we switch, you know, I go, uh, I get out. Somebody replaced me. I go, you know, shoot the shit with um, a couple of my friends. And then I see, I just see all the local nationals take off running. I was like, Man, what is going on? So I run back to my platoon son and man, when I run back, I look in and see this guy holding how two kids in um, his hands. And then I was everything that, that's the last thing I saw, man. My life was out for, I think I was out for like a couple minutes. Damn. So, um, so basically, basically you leaving the gun, the little, cause you're a gunner. So you're basically leaving to, to change shift because you guys switch shifts like every hour on an hour. And as you yeah. switching shifts to go, you know, just shoot the shit with your buddies, you see a man. No, you see the locals just take off running, right? Yeah, yeah, man. So it was crazy. Lo- so you see the locals just take off running. So instantly you like, wait, these people is running hysterically for a reason. So you go back to your safe quarters. And then after you go back to your safe quarters, as you going in, you see a man holding two children. And after that, it just flash out. Yeah, man. So I was running back towards my, because my platoon song was right where the guy was. Um, and the guy had a kid, like holding their hands. He had a kid in each hand. Uh-huh. Um, and it still says, I don't know, he detonated himself or somebody detonated him, you know, from afar. Uh-huh. But when I got by my, back by my gun truck, man, all I seen was like, you know, like when you um, first take a water hose and like hit it and that initial spray. Uh-huh. That's exactly what happened to me. I saw the initial spray of all that stuff coming out, uh-huh. and I was out for I was out for a minute. Damn. Um, so what you saying is the man had a bomb strapped to him? Yeah. So it, it was, he was a suicide bomber, and the oh, crazy thing, shit. he was so close that he could touch my platoon son. My platoon son is um, kind of like the role I just came out of. Basically, you control it. Um, you your manage. Group. Yeah, you ahead of your group. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, he could have touched my platoon son. That's how close he was. Um, and then I, I get up, and I'm, I'm searching. Uh, you know, I'm feeling myself, making sure that I wasn't hit because, you know, I was out of it. So I was fine. I didn't see no blood. I looked down. Blood just run out of my mouth, man. I was like, oh, heck no. So yeah. I stick my hand in my mouth, and then that's when I realized that, you know, I lost, I think it's, it's five feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, man, it was, I realized that I, I lost my, my teeth and I was like, oh, man. So, I, we have um, a first aid kit on it. So I took out, a, it's a big roll of gauze. I just um, took that out, put it in my mouth, and then I realized that my platoon son and my best friend, they was um, dead. They was dead. 
Damn. And it was like, yeah, man. Um, and then another guy, he was, you know, he didn't die. So my platoon saw and my best friend, they died instantly. And you, right. and you was in no, front of you and you witnessed that, bro. I'm getting chills hearing you say that, bro. Damn. Yeah, so, and then um, the other guy, you know, he wasn't even an opportunity. He was attached to us, but um, he didn't die instantly. You know, he kind of, the medic done everything he could to save him, but he had just lost too much blood. Yeah. Um, and then, man, crazy story, crazy thing is, I was sitting in, a, in one of the gun trucks because we had security came back and, um, you know, closed everything off. And I was sitting in the gun truck. I heard when they was calling for the medevac. And then I was in that. The, the one helicopter landed. One was still in the air. I mean, it was about to leave me there, man. I was like, yeah, and I couldn't damn. talk. Yeah. I couldn't talk. Because, you, I, you know, I was trying to talk. You yeah, sitting in the I was truck. trying to talk. I was trying to talk because I had the headphones on. I could hear the traffic, but like my mouth is just with my, you know, my jaw being destroyed and everything. But I walked out of there and then they put me on the bird with some, um, six of us on the um, helicopter. Um, black, was it a Black it was, Hawk? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, a, it was a Black Hawk. Yeah, and um, they put us on there. I didn't really get too much medical attention because we had actually one other. So out of the six of us, one guy, you know, he got shot through the face and it went out through the ear. God damn. For me, it went straight in. One piece of shrapnel, man. And it's like a, like a marble, really. Went in my mouth, um, destroyed my jaw, went underneath my tongue, um, and suffered my C2 spine. God damn. And I still have that to this day, man. God damn. Hawk, man, listen, bro, I, I really got chills just hearing that story because as you saying it, like, like I would see this shit like in the movies and all that shit, but to actually, you know what I'm saying, hear this story from somebody that you actually, like, no, 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 dog, and this shit is like playing in my head. I'm looking at this shit. I don't really know. Bro, listen, bro. Damn, bro. That's why, I, like, for real, like, I consciously try to... Like every time I see people in uniform and stuff, I see people in uniform, man, and um, they um, damn they uh, they my bad. But I see every time I see people in the uniform in public, bro, I try to salute them and tell them thank you for you know for their service, bro. Because for you to just explain that story right there, man, like that's what y'all really have to go through, bro. While you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, definitely, man. And a funny story is, you know, I I ended up I went to Afghanistan hospital. You know, it's for American soldiers, but it's in Afghanistan. Um, and then they flew us out to Germany. So once I got to Germany, you know, they they let me call my family. So I called my um I called my sister. I was like, hey, uh, I just want to let you know that I got hurt and everything. Man, as soon as I said that, my sister hung up on me, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. So then I, come, then I call my brother and, you know, I'm trying to tell him the story and then he hang up on me. Oh. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Everybody just hanging up on you. <laughs> so, at the same time, my wife was in Iraq, you know. So, how I talk to my wife, I would call my mama and my mom would call my wife because of the, you know, the time difference and everything. So I called my mom. I didn't tell her nothing. I was like, hey, can you call my wife? Um, 
So she called my wife and I told my wife, I was like, hey, you know, I got hurt today, blah, blah, blah. And she didn't believe me, but she knew who my best friend was. I was like, yeah, you know, um, his name is Corey, uh, Corey Clark. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, Corey died today. She just bust out crying. I was like, oh, man. man. But yeah, so, man, everybody, my, ho- my whole family hung up on me. I didn't want to tell my mom. I was afraid she was going to hang up on me. But yeah, <laughs> it, it was it's a crazy story, man. Yeah, man, well, uh, uh, um condolences man and prayers man and you know and 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 all the 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 prayer warriors come together man and send that out to the Clark family man you know what i'm saying and to your family as well and everybody else who went through the same thing and and still going through the same thing man like man i i hey, i appreciate y'all man yeah hey appreciate you man and um because that's that's crazy, man. So so um you totally just what 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 was the proper term for you like your jaw? Was it like fractured or was it like Oh no, it was so my jaw was uh my jaw was broken. Um so when the shrapnel went in, like like I said, it took out five feet, but like where um and I've seen some pictures um later on, I probably should have seen just some early. But it's like a U-shape that it left in my jaw. So when I actually went through all the surgery, I had to take bone out of my um, hip to put in my mm-hmm. jaw so I could um, get prosthetics put in. But that was like a, I would say like a year process, man. Like I literally had surgery, went on 60 days of um, convalescent leave. So I went back to Louisiana for some time. You know, my family got to see me. And then I'll go back, have surgery again, go back on 60 days of the Yeah, that was about a year of time, man. It was, I'll tell you what, it, it was brutal, but hey, it, it's done. It's not, I can't say it's done, because, you know, I'm still dealing with that now, you know. I, I'm sure you saw my Instagram post. You know, yeah. I just had surgery again. Yeah, so what um, What number was that? Number what? Oh, uh, this one I just had was number eight. Eight surgeries. God. Yeah. Dang. So so like how much does it affect you still to this day? Do it does it limit you in in, in a lot of ways or? No, at, at this point it's uh, right now. You know it's kind of hard because I can't eat exactly what I want to eat because like I have like um, it's like a retainer now because the prosthetics that they have in they just have it just so that I don't walk around without no teeth and you know yeah. what I mean yeah um so but. I say in a year I will have you know they'll have a good product for me to put in my mouth. So hell yeah, I got a I got a long way ahead of me. But I'd rather get it done now than you know get it done later. Hell yeah, for real, for real. That's what's up, man. And then along top of all that, I still see you get up to go run you about twenty something miles a day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like you so terminate or something. I'm like, dang. Now, so, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, so when people see me, like, people don't know my story, right? So, they look at me, you know, they don't realize that I'm missing five teeth. Uh, they don't know that I got strapped in my C2 spine. So, they think I'm just like this, this guy that have all the success. Um, but I keep my plate full as crap, man, so I don't have to think about a lot of it, you know. Because I, when I first was dealing with it, I would go to therapy, right? And then the thing about therapy is that you got to have, like, the right person with you, you know, whoever the professional working with you. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. 
Hell yeah, that's that's real. That's real. And I, you know, I was gone, and it's like some of the stuff is so to me it was so stupid. Like how many walls that you, you know you have in your house? I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Or what color is this? You know. So I dealt with that, and I just couldn't find a therapist that you know I could really relate to. Um, so what I do, I just you know I started creating goals for myself and keeping myself busy. Um, so I just my plate would be full, man. I was I was probably doing college, you know, I was probably studying for boards and stuff like that. And then recently, uh, when I was in Fort Leonard, like. 2014, 2015, you know, I was still dealing with like sleep issues, you know. I didn't per se see, but my wife, you know, she was, she was not happy. She was like, you gotta go see somebody, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what is going on? Um, so, you know, I was still having, you know, I still have nightmares and stuff like that, you know. Um, I still deal with certain issues. Um, certain noises still rattle me, right? Um, and then, like I said, in August, I just feel like depressed at times. All throughout the year, you know, I usually get depressed. But 2014, I, uh, 2014, 2015, I went back to see a therapist, and his name was Mr. Uh, I always, you know, from Louisiana, man, we call everybody Mr. and Mrs., you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so his name was Mr. Payne. That's and, true. You know, I was, <laughs> That's a true story. Like Mr. Harold, yeah. R.I.P. Mr. Harold, man. You know what I'm saying, Chef? You know that's for real though. That's how we call people, Mister uh, in Louisiana. Everybody was Mister and Miss. <laughs> yeah. So um, before you go in and see the therapist, you know you got to go on the computer and ask you the same questions. I'm not suicidal, man. I have, I have never thought about killing myself. The issues that I deal with is I, you know, I can't sleep, and I go back, I go further into that in a little bit, but I can't sleep, you know. Certain things rattle me because of the noise, you know, um, stuff like that. So it's still not the same form. And it's like, I go in there, he's like, and some days I feel better than others, right? I don't feel depressed and everything every day. Some days I do feel depressed. So, so I went in the office, he's like, I think you're changing your answers. I mean, you change your answers all the time. I was like, sir, you know, I feel different every time I come here. <laughs> he's, like he was trying to tell me that I was lying. So man, I just give this guy a lecture, right? And I walked out of his office like, sir, people like you is the reason why soldiers don't come to therapy. True story. So I walk out. True story. I walk out and the lady who prescribed my medicine, you know, because I, I don't take medicine, man, at all. I was not taking even when I had all my surgeries, man. Like, all them pain pills, uh, I don't even know half of that is, because, you know, I didn't grow up with understanding drugs and everything. Yeah, so, man. Oxycontin, that was a big thing. You was like that and in, uh, growing I, up. You didn't even take, uh, when you had headaches and shit, you, you wouldn't even take aspirin. Yeah. So, like, I told my friends that I threw away Oxycontin, and, man, they like, damn, they wanted to kill me, man. <laughs> what? What, Shane? <laughs> what? what do you mean you threw away Oxycontin, Shane? <laughs> Damn, Shane. Smoke a ball. And then we're running. Oh, smoke a ball. So, <laughs> so then I go see the lady who prescribed my medicine. She was like, uh, is everything okay? I was like, yes, ma'am. Why? She said, because uh, Mr. Pan wrote a, you know, a saying something that you don't want to come back to therapy. And I was just explained to her. I was like, he, he making it seem like I'm making up the story. And I told him, the only reason why I'm actually in your office is because my wife wanted me to come. 
And then, you know, she was like, well, you know, you ever need medicine or whatever, you know, you can always come back. But yeah, man, it's, it's, that guy right there kind of destroyed me from like going to a therapist. And then after that, I just kind of took it up on my own, man. But that's what they um, quit. And but, they stay busy. But that's what they quit to do, though, man. And you, um, right there, man, you gave a perfect example of what's really going on and is, is growing at an alarming rate, and that's mental health. Like, people really um, misdiagnose mental health. They really don't uh, talk about it and stress it enough. Um, you got a lot of people starting to get more active about it, but especially coming from, you know, your story, a person with your story and, 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 and understanding what you've been through, to me, I don't even have to go to therapy school. I don't even have to be a therapist to even understand, like, listen, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, um, this man really going through some stuff. Like, he ain't lying. Like, uh, of course he's going to give me some unstable answers because he's going through some things. You know what I'm saying? It don't take a rocket scientist to motherfucking understand that. But they would rather do is promote this thing that they often live by and die by, which is a business, and they're going to promote these drugs. Like, they're going to be quick to give you medicine to get you addicted on it because I feel like that is the most lucrative thing in the world right now is fucking medicine, and that's why you got the opiate crisis and you got all this and you got all that. That's why it's so crazy, man, and and, and for you to have that that self-control, you know, that's that's just a gem in itself that I would like a lot of people to pay attention to. You know, like just have that self-control, man, and and always know that there's always other ways to go around, you know, um, pain management and all that type of other stuff. And like you said, because um, I, I really feel your story, especially when it comes down to the therapy thing, because I got injured too, man, and they, they put me with a therapy. Uh, they had me going through therapy and shit, and it was just bullshit, man. These people, these people don't care about you at the end of the day. They all about who going to pay them they check and they going to just go through the A, B, C, D that they got in the handbook. And then once you get past, yep. and once you get past that to where like, look, man, I'm not here for this bullshit that you're going through. I want to do some shit that's going to really help me. Then when you put them on the spot, they look at you and say, well, hey, let's, let's go back and look at what type of insurance he's got. If he's got some decent insurance, we might can put up with it for a few more weeks, but they still don't know what the hell you talking about. You know what I'm saying? So I feel you, yeah, man. Yeah, definitely, man. I feel you, man. So um, I I really started trying to self-therapy myself, if that's a word, and just take little, you know, walks and short runs on the beach, man, and just try to try to just take it one day at a time, man, for real. And also just staying busy and trying to put myself in a positive place and stay away from the negative hey, shit. Yeah, that's definitely what I, I do, man. Like, like I said, I keep my plate full, like, you know, I, I keep that thing full. I run. I mean, you, you know, you can see most of that, but yeah, man, I do all that because it keeps my, my brain gone, you know, it keeps me thinking. Um, and like when we finishing college, uh, I finished last year, the oh, end of the year. Congratulations, my brother. Congratulations. Man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm on my way. I was, in my iceberg hey. building voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Hey, patience, patience will get you there, man. But yeah, I was like, man, what am I gonna do now? Like, cause you know, college is a a big part of you know keeping me busy, you know. Um, so you know, I'm just trying to find different things to do. Um, you know, I'm really, I'm really big into volunteering a lot as well. So you know, 
I try to keep all that, you know, but I, I just keep a full plate, man, and, you know, it kind of keep me sane um, at the same time. Hell yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. I ain't even mad at you for that, man, and hell of a... Hell of a hell of a story, man. Cause I, I I check you out on Insta, man. I be like, this this boy don't want to stop running. <laughs> he don't want to stop running. <laughs> he don't want to stop running. You feel me? I be like, damn, okay now. All right, five miles, okay, okay now. Then I see <laughs> eight miles. All right now, Shane, come on now. <laughs> then I see twelve miles. I'm like, oh my, Lord. I'm turning this phone off, man. I ain't messing with Shane, man. Please. And then you're gonna text me talking about maybe you could come with me, please. I'll be in the car. <laughs> hey, no, we, we, you know, hey, when I get to Georgia, you know, that's just a hop in the skip away, man. You know, I'm definitely gonna come see you. Definitely. We don't have to do nothing long, you know. And like, you know, as I tell people, a lot of people, you know, some people don't like to run with me. And I'm not fast. I'm not by no means fast. And I'm not saying I'm a good athlete at running, you know. I just like running because it's a challenge, right? You know, because it's like you deal with hills, you deal with different elevations, the weather and stuff like that. So mentally, it just, it just helped me challenge myself. Yeah, so, you play mental but most people don't like with running yourself. with me. Yeah. Yeah, so most people don't like running with me because like, oh, I can't run as fast as you. Like, if I'm offering you to come run with me, I'm running with you, right, man? You know, because I really want to run. You know, I'll go run later on. Or I'll run that morning. You know, prior to that, if I'm running with somebody, if I'm offering somebody to come run with me, or they want to run, I run at their pace, man. You know, I, I, my ego is not that big. Oh, <laughs> I gotta show you how how fast I can run. No, nah, man, I'm I'm not I'm not that guy, man. Yeah, yeah. I didn't seen you put some numbers up on the miles, but I'm like, boy, I ain't even this man. And listen, I'm gonna just give it to you how I see. It. I didn't seen this man like this is an Instagram day. I didn't seen this man get up in the morning, knock out about seven miles, turn around, do everything he got through the day. Then in the evening or at night, he'll probably go to two award ceremonies, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I see him turn around and put up about twelve more miles. I'm like, God damn, bro. Run for me then, shit. <laughs> like that. Well, I tell you what, I, I ran that full marathon, man. So two things, it's kind of tight me right now. So I ran a full marathon, and I got my butt kicked at that. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ran it like in four hours and fifty-four minutes. Or that was the, that minutes. was the one in Hawaii, right? Yeah. You so you ran? My for, wife, hold on, you ran for four hours straight. Four hours and fifty-four minutes, man. Straight. This man, yeah. hey, this, hey, hold on, Big Live, talk to me, Big Live. I'm tired, Big. Hold on, now, Big Live. <laughs> Listen, this man ran half of somebody's work shift. <laughs> so he ran half your work shift. So when you had to take your lunch break, because you take your lunch break half in your work shift. When you taking your lunch break, this man then ran half of your work shift, bro. God, you went. Yeah. Oh my lord. What type yeah, of so that, what type of mental? Where do you got to take yourself mentally to run for four hours straight? Yeah, I tell you what, in those big runs, everybody's nobody's running for time. I mean, you have the top competitors, right? But they usually already gone. So it's just that like everybody has that same goal. They just want to finish, man. A, a, a full marathon is 26.2 miles. You know, I did a couple hours before that, and I was like, oh man, I think I'll do a full. So what's hunting me right now, I physically know that I ran a full marathon at 26.2 miles. But my watch died on me at mile 22. 
So, <laughs> so you got full miles so unaccounted for. Full mi- and when I look at my watch, it don't say I ran a full marathon, man. And I said, <laughs> so after that marathon, I said I never ran a marathon again. <laughs> But I don't know, man. Now you got to run I, I because my... you watched it. It's not, hey, it's not. <laughs> hey, I feel you, though. That's the competitive edge in you. I like it, though, bro. I like it. <laughs> you trying to knock off yeah. that motherfucking marathon, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's even it's a lot, man. I said, I ain't going to lie. Mile 22, though. No, mile, mile 20. My legs are hurting. Yeah. Mile 20, uh, mile 24, them legs are shaking, man. I ain't going to lie to you. So right. mile, mile 24 to mile 26, run a little bit, walk a little bit. Run a little bit, walk a little bit. I was just trying to get through it, man. I ain't going to lie to you. Bro, if I, I would say, oh, man. Look, if you, if you would have handed me a paper and the paper would have said 26 miles, my legs would have started hurting then. <laughs> Before the race even ran, they'd have been like, hey, Joe, you want to run? Yeah, what we running? 26 miles? I'm tired, bitch. Uh-uh, I ain't even start that bitch, cuz. Hell nah, we ain't gonna do that, but that's what's up, man. Like, like eventually that is, I ain't gonna say a goal because like I like my goals to be like a year apart. You feel me? Like I like yeah, yeah, I like definitely. to make small goals for myself. So, but I will say it's on my bucket list. Now, when you say bucket list, you got some time to knock it off now. So I will say hey, definitely. I, I ain't even gonna say a full marathon. I would say half of a marathon. I'm gonna try to at least knock it off. It's on my bucket list. I'm gonna try to knock it off. One of these years, I got to hey. take. I got to take it. You know what I'm saying? Little by little, man. But I'm damn oh, sure I'm gonna try man. eventually. I, I think my bucket list. I think I'm gonna try to do a 50 mile, and I think I'll cap off at a 50 oh, mile. But that's 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 just a bucket list, man. That's, oh. that's a bucket list. <laughs> 50, I think I will. 50 miles. I think you know, I'm gonna get petty. I'm gonna get petty if you say 50. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, damn, nigga. So you can run from Lafayette to Baton Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I think eventually I'm gonna do another full. I'm gonna do another full. I'm gonna make sure I'm better in better shape too, man. So, so so what? Get in the gym. So what? If I if I'm if I'm checking your forecast and your timeline, you recently just said that you're gonna get stationed in Georgia, right? Yeah, I'll be in Georgia next uh, July of twenty. And that's well, August of twenty. That's what a year or two years. No, uh, a year. Oh, that I will be in Georgia. Yeah. Oh, that that'll be three, maybe the last six, man. That's uh, what I'm saying. Basically, hey, if I could pull it. So, so you smart then? Basically, you trying to make your way slowly but surely back home, huh? I'm not going. I'm not going back to sunset. <laughs> but yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll be back in the south. <laughs> I'm tired. I tell you about it. Back in the I south, love it. Back in the south, though. So, so you said back in the. <laughs> so you said back in the south. Back, back in, in the, the south. south. Okay, I feel, you. I feel you. Got any places in mind? I say, give me your no. top three. Uh, I probably would like to say in Georgia, Texas, or probably you know your area in Florida. Hell That's yeah. my three. Yeah, yeah. I, I can dig it. I can dig it, man. Hell yeah. Well, if you ever is thinking about Florida, man, definitely when you come down here, man, you know, definitely show you around, bro. And, um, you know, definitely show you around and get you acquainted, bro. So definitely when you come, when you get to Georgia, like as far as as settled in, man, you know, come on this way and I'm definitely going to come your way. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to catch the LSU game and, you know, together. 
Oh, definitely, man. You know, my brother got season tickets. So, you know what I'm saying? He work a lot, too. So, you know what I'm saying? Them bitches be up for grabs. You know what I'm saying? I just got to holler at him. <laughs> Same with the Pelicans game, bro. He got season Pelican tickets, too. You know, and he working oh, by some dad, so they be up for grabs. So, like, if you if you're week free, you can you can most likely catch a motherfucking uh, Rockets game or whatever game, boy, because he he got him, he got him, Big Live, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Big Live got him. Shouts out to Big Live, man. That's my bro, man. That's my <laughs> idol, bro. Yeah, definitely, From man. Every 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 uh, you know, I I got to big him up, man, because you know, um, throughout my whole life, bro, every time. You know, I was um I had to learn a, a hard life lesson, you know what I'm saying? He stood in my chest, but at the end of the day he still turned around and was there for me. You know what I'm saying? So gotta big up hey, big hey. head, man. Gotta big up my bro, bro. I know you're gonna hear this. Yeah, th- you heard me. Big up you, bro. You you is my idol, bro. And and I like your grind, I like your relentlessness, I like how you fell on your shit and and, and jump back on your horse, you feel me? And, and you know what I'm saying? And and got back to it, boy. I love that boy. I like that, that and keep on pushing, bro. Yeah, that's that's good that you said that, man. Because you know, most people like people around them that just tell them what they want to hear instead of telling what they need to hear. True story. Like you know, you know, I don't like yes people around me, True which story. is why I don't have a lot of people around me. True story. You know, story. I like honest people to say, "Hey, Shane, you need to do this," or "Shane, you need to do that," or "Shane, you slacking here." You know. Uh, I hate I hate yes man man. True story. It's, it's not good for nothing. Cause they gonna only um, make you uh stagnant and lazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah yeah definitely man. That means you that means you easily persuaded persuade. You know what I'm saying? You could be easily persuaded if you if you got all these yes men around you man. You never gonna get the right answer. It's like Hollywood. That's nah. all. That's all Hollywood and and all the, the lights, the glitz and cameras is all about. Just having a bunch of yes people around you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah man. I feel you. Big ups to everybody that's that. You know what I'm saying? That that's got that going on. As far as they got people around them that's gonna stand in their chest and give them, you know, give them the real man and, and keep them going at yeah, the definitely. same time. So, and you one of those people too, man. Because I'm weird, bro. Because when I say I'm weird, like you know, like um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't look at at celebrities or I don't look at. At, at 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 rich people that's in the spotlight and be like, man, I I want to inspire to be that. Nah, bro, I look at regular people like you and like my brother. You know what I'm saying? And I try to take characteristics out of people like y'all. Like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me get let me get Shane's will and hard work and and just sternness and and focus. You feel me? And let me take some stuff from my. You know what I'm saying? From my brother. And let me take. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The go hardness of, you feel me, a key or somebody, and I throw it all in my little gumbo pot, man, and I try to, you know what I'm saying? I try to whip me up a recipe, man, and that's the people that I like to have around me because when I'm lacking the motivation, you know what I'm saying? I can get on Insta and just seeing your ass just run 14 miles. If that nigga can run 14 <laughs> miles, shit, I can walk too at least. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> hey, that's the win. Yeah, that's the win. Yeah, man. You for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I could get on there and see somebody else eating a salad. I ain't eat no salad, but hey, maybe I could eat a chicken burger grilled with no fries. You know what I'm saying? Just some small yeah, shit. I'm, man. I'm weird, man. I try to find small things like that to motivate me, bro. But um Yeah, bro. I want to tell the listeners, man. This man right here, bro, y'all, I guarantee y'all, this is not the first time that y'all gonna hear his voice on the show. 
And um, the closer he get to migrating back into the South, into his original <laughs> roots, you know what I'm saying? You will hear more of him on the podcast, man. And and uh, we're going we gonna to keep it rolling. You know, y'all know my famous line, I ain't going to keep y'all. You know, we ain't going to keep y'all. But I, I really want to get you back on the show, man, because it's a lot, a lot of questions that I want to ask you. And I also want you to be a part of this panel that I'm putting together. So when we get to tackling real life conversations and questions, we got some credible people to go to. You know what I'm saying? And um, I got a 16, Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, so a, a basic example, man. I got a 16-year-old nephew, bro, and um, I feel like college is not on his mind at all. You feel me? And he'll probably say that as well. You know what I'm saying? And he's just, he don't really got that much of direction, and I can't really, you know, put my hands on him to steer him a little bit because I'm all the way in Florida. So I only get him for like a, every summer. I try to go out there and get him. And spend a couple months with him and try to, you know, try to at least give him a little bit of something he can take back with him. But a military might be an option for him, man. And, and maybe you could, uh, you know, help him and steer him and give him the, the the pros and the cons of it. And that could at least give him some information that he could think about. Because, you know, he, he, he at that time right now where he got to make a decision. I'd rather him you know, have something to go with than just jump out here with nothing and then you end up making one of the worst decisions you probably can make, like a lot of teenagers do, bro. So um, I would like you on the panel, man, and we can go ahead and, and get that going, bro. <clears throat> yeah, definitely, man. Um, it, like, if I was to give him an honest answer, right, because um, I joined at 19 point, something like that, the um, the... the the pros about the most. First, when, you know, he got to find something that he's passionate about, right? So, I was like, the Army has a hundred and something MOSs. MOS is a job, you know, for people who don't understand that. But MOS is a, is a job that we have. Um, So, look at that hundred and wherever it is and say, all right, I'm passionate about doing this. Or I'm passionate about doing that. And then go talk to the recruiter. Not. I'm going to be honest with you. Some recruiters try to sell you a, a false dream, man. It's like, hey, no, do this MOS. Because the recruiters need to make numbers, right? So, and so they're, trying like, to they send you, they're trying to send you to where that those positions really need immediate fills, right? Right. Okay. Right. So they're just trying to make a number. So I'm, not all recruiters is bad. I'm not going to put it. I have friends that's recruiters, and they, they get recruiters. But some recruiters... You know, they're just trying to fill them numbers and they don't care about you. Once they send you off, hey, it's a done deal. So find something that, you know, you're passionate about and then go talk to your recruiter about that. And, you know, um, is it just the Army? No, you can go talk to all the branches, you know. Each branch is different in its own way. And, you know, I respect people from all branches, man. You know, I, I try to mingle with everybody from different branches because, you know, it just helped me grow. But if it's the army, man, go talk to a recruiter, kind of see what you like, and then when you um you go to basic training, man, that's when you're gonna find out a lot about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Because now you're around a hundred and some people that you don't know. I give you a perfect example of my story, man. You know, I never flew. I I didn't know what airplane or airport was before I joined the military, man. Mm -hmm. So the recruiter took me to Shreveport. I fly out of Shreveport and I go to um, St. Louis Airport. 
man, I was so lost in that airport because it was so huge. Yeah. And I was like, you know, so I'm freaking out of that. But anyway, I make it to training. And the first night that you get there, it's called um, it's called night go- night watch. Basically, everybody pull a sh- an hour shift, you know, just making sure nobody is running away. But that was my first night there, man. I was like, I thought to myself, like, oh, no, I got to go home, man. <laughs> and, then yeah. you, and then you get to boot camp, you know, after you do the in-process, you get to boot camp, and it's like, you have good drills on you. Like, life will be a lot easier. Things are not going to be easy, right? Boot camp is not going to be easy. You know, they try the whole thing is to they try to break you, you down mm-hmm. to build you back up. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that I learned that I'm a senior NCO in the Army. Some drill sergeants, when I came in, there was hand selected to go be a drill sergeant, which that was the best of the best. Now, the Army just needs drill sergeants. So it's pulling anybody. So it ain't Some of re- those people that... Go ahead, my bad. So when I came in, it was the cream of the crop. Now it's like, Hey, I need five drill sergeants, and they just send five. Some of these five that they're sending, they never had power while, well, they didn't have as much power while they was in a company. So when they go be a drill sergeant, you got, you know, all these privates looking up to you, and they don't know no better. If they don't, if they don't have family military, they most likely don't know better. So they do anything that you say, and these drill sergeants try to abuse their power. That's why you know that some of them get in trouble, be it a sexual assault, um, or just going over the board with, you know, destroying these soldiers. You know, so they lose a lot of power. But yeah, basic training is gonna break it down to build you up. And I had, you know, I had good drill sergeants. You know, some tough days, but after basic training, man. I was like, oh, I think the Army is for me, you know. And you go do your, your training, and then you get to the unit, and then you're, you know, you're a grown man or grown woman, um, all on your own, man. So that's where life kind of started for me, you know. I matured a lot quicker, I guess, for my age. And But my tips for him or her coming in is, like, you got to understand... I would not sign a long contract. Long, somebody long, is, long meaning what? Two to four years? <clears throat> so, most recruiters, some recruiters try to get you to sign a six-year contract. Mm-hmm. That's too long. That's from my perspective. Okay. I would say do a two to three-year contract because that way, the two to three years, you could say, oh, man, I like the army. Oh man, I don't like the army. Cause you don't want to get out of the army on a bad note, right? You yeah. know, you want to get on a good note. Yeah. So you do two to three years, you know, that's going to fly by. I ain't going to lie to you. That's going to fly by, especially like you're uni busy. Mm-hmm. Those two to three years going to go by quick. So that's why I say do two to three years. Cause this is what happens when you come in the military, right? You either have good leaders or bad leaders. And that kind of determines where a soldier going to do, stay in or get out. And I've seen it firsthand. Um, coming here to Hawaii, um, I had brand new soldiers ready to get out. I'm mm-hmm. like, why do you want to get out? 
And it's because, you know, having a conversation, I'm sitting down. I was a different leader, right? Um, just like, oh, this issue did this. You know, they don't care about my family and such and such. I was like, you know, I just try to give that story just some advice about life and everything. And I was like, man, but that's the truth. Some NCOs is good. Some NCOs is bad. NCOs is the one that take care of the soldiers. Um, but yeah, so take, take I would not sign along. Take care of them in what aspect? Like just to make sure like they well acclimated and and they know like what's yeah. going on? So, so here's the thing. So a good NCO, you're probably not going to like him or her at first, right? Because this was a good NCO, they want to know all your financial things. They want to know all your family members. They want to know your birthday. They want to know who you're close to. They want to know all those things because they want to get to know you as a person. Because uh-huh. a team leader, especially at the team leader level, that's what I did. You know, a team leader, you only have... So I'll break down the, the rank structure right quick. So in the platoon, you have like 38 to 40 people. And then the person in charge of the platoon is called a platoon sergeant. Within that platoon, a squad, you have 12 to 13 personnel. And that person in charge of that is called the squad leader. And then that squad leader will have two to three team leaders, which is, um, you know, so the platoon sergeant is the E7, the squad leader is the E6, and then the team leader is the E5. So as a team leader level, that's when, you know, they really nosy in a way. Like, you just come out the street, you're like, nah, dude, you're trying to know too much about me, you know? Mm-hmm. But they're doing that as a team leader. He or she is doing that to make sure they understand you. Because I know what motivates you, and I know what takes you off. Then when certain situations happen, I know how to handle you. Because you can't handle two of the, uh, two people. No two people in the army is the same. So I can't talk to you like I talk to somebody else. You know what I mean? So... The team leader is going to be nosy. They want to know your birthday. They want to know what what motivates you. You know, all this stuff. So um, they're the ones that really take care of you. But you have a crappy team leader or a crappy squad leader, then that kind of um, just tell the soldier, uh, I don't want to stand. I can't deal with this. Oh, I'm going to stand because I had great leaders, you know. Or, so, but yeah. or they just say, hey, why are you leaving? Why are you leaving, little right. petty soldier? I'm tired, bitch. And they going home. <laughs> you dig? Yeah, the big live. Definitely, <laughs> man. Um, and I, I see it all the time, man. It's crazy. Like what you learn, what you see as a soldier, and then what you see as a leader is crazy, man. The oh, stuff shit, that you I see mean, in the army. That's the same thing. Like as far as like if you know what you see as an employee versus what you see out here, what goes on with the big dogs and you in the meetings, you'll be like, God damn, they really don't give a fuck about the employees at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? They just yeah. want their little check. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel you and, 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 and dig the comparison. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so definitely. So yeah, if, I would not, the biggest thing is don't sign a big contract and then figure out if, if you love it within those two or three years. You know, yeah. and then still after that, you still like it after those three years. I would do another two or three years. I would, you know, doing a six year, six years is a long commitment, man. Yeah, so once you so sign two up to for three the years, six, you're stuck two to three years, you could be like, I don't like this shit. I'm out of here. Six years, you yeah, like, and you don't. I didn't sign this six years. You, I got to stay for this shit. Yeah, and you don't like that two three years, man. It's easy, you know, two to three years, you know. 
should, I tell people. You I, should still be able to get some kind of benefits, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I tell people, when you come in the Army, a couple things you need to do. One, get your education. It's free, man. I didn't pay a lick for college. And I got two degrees. Um, save money. Just the time to learn how to manage money, right? So that's why I say your team leader is going to be no. They want to know, hey, do you have a savings account? How much is your car note? Because some of these jokers come, you know, some of these young soldiers come in here and want to get like a six or $7,000 car. I, I make more money than them, and I'm not uh, trying to afford that, man. Yeah, for real. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so a good team leader is not going to let you buy that car. They're going to discourage you as much as they can because they know, hey, if you get this car, you're going to be hurting for money. Yeah, for real. So, and and once, you, uh, once you start to rank up and get some money, you're not going to know how to act. Save your shit. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely save your money, you know, uh, get an education, and just enjoy, enjoy the process. Enjoy where you go because the Army pays for The Army pays for you to go you know, so many different locations. I've been, what I've been to Washington, I've been to Virginia, I've been to Missouri. Missouri, most people don't like Missouri. My wife hates Missouri. I don't know, it's kind of grew up on me. It's not nothing to do around there. And then, you know, now I'm in Hawaii, but I travel so many different places other than that. So, you know, you get to travel with the Army. Now, the downside is, like I say, the, the leadership, some leadership is crappy, man. No matter what level you at, I just you know I had a leader tell me some racist stuff before, man. Yeah, and I I never really picked up on it until I went back, you know, to my room, and this was during the department, you know, my first department just before I got hurt. But he called me, um, God, I cannot think of that slave name. But in Louisiana, we grew up a certain way, man. Yes, sir. No, sir. You leave the table, you wipe where you was and stuff like that. So I was wiping my area, you know, because I, I was eating lunch. And I was wiping my area, and the, my, uh, one of the NCOs called me a racist um, slave. Uh, they called me a slave name. And when I got back to my room, I realized what he said. I was like, man, did he really just call me that? So, you know, you don't need to say that all the time, man. Um, the army is not... It's not excluded from you know racism and stuff like that. Hell no, nah, that shit. But, everywhere. they just be they just they just conceal it now a whole lot better. Before you, yeah. know, they, they didn't have to conceal it. They could just tell you fuck you back in your face and call you whatever they want. Now you know what I'm saying. They got to protect they uh and it ain't even about protecting their finances. They I feel like I feel like people who who got a problem with the different races. I feel like. They they'll rather protect their position of power before they protect their fine. They could care less about their finances. Let me protect my position of power. So I'm in a I'm in a, 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 a position of power. So let me just be racist behind closed doors. You know what I'm saying? Versus out in the open now. And, and that's what and that's what it comes down to, man. That what it's you know, I was having a conversation with some of my guys the other day. I'm not saying how people could be racist in the army, man. Yeah, like I, literally, I don't you have how you could be racist every in a race lot of places for real. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. But in but the army, I feel bastard. you. In the army, I feel you because we about the we is really trying to protect our lives in the battlefield. Why is you racist, my G? So you mean to tell me should I shoot you first because you racist? You don't like me. I don't know if I can really trust you out here on the battlefield. And, 
Yeah, and it's not only that, it's that you have literally every race, every gender, every ethnic background. People come from rich homes. People come from poor homes. Like, you have everybody. It's, it's a gumbo in the army, man. Yeah, yeah. So it's what, a gumbo. So, so what, they turn it off? <laughs> Do they turn it off when they go, when y'all go out on a battlefield? Like, all right, you still a nigger, but after this war, I ain't going to fuck with you no more now. <laughs> Come on, you my friend now, but <laughs> like. <laughs> so so I, I think, you know, some, some of us try to conceal it, you know, because most people my age, man, they never grew up in that era. You think about it. Like, I didn't grow up in, you know, around racist things. We, we um, didn't, but it was around us. And certain yeah. situations, we seen it, but it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you said. Back in the day, 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 day. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, so uh, I, I think some of them low-key, you know, they have it in them, and then they try to see how much they could get away with. I think that's the thing. So, you know, if I tell you this, let me see how this person reacts to it, right? Um, so I think that's what some of them try to do on the, on the slick. Yeah, know? of course, of course. Especially if they see, hey, man, Shane Duke got a lot of uh, leader characteristics better than me. I'm scared Shane might take my uh, position. I know how to get Shane out of here. Hey, good job, nigger. What? I'm about to kick your ass. Let me get you. Shane can't have that violence over here, Shane. Now Shane get kicked out. Now that's less, you know what I'm saying? It's like one of the, the uh, rules of the 48 Laws of Power, man. Let others do the work for you. You know what I'm saying? So right. If I get Shane out of the way, well, shit, that's less work I got to do. He didn't did the work for me. I'm good now, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, it's a lot. Yeah. Of, it's a lot of things we deal with, for real, for real. Yeah, but I, I think for me, like, I, I, a lot of people know me, so like, I didn't grow a, a reputation. Uh, a reputation. Uh, a lot of people know me, and then uh, I'm interested. Like, I don't argue with nobody, man. I'm a grown man in the United States Army. I don't argue with nobody. Like, I don't have time for it. Yeah, like. Yeah. And I tell I tell people it's second, third order effects, right? If I argue with you, or if I forever slap you or beat you up, yeah, I'm gonna what win the fight or whatever, you know, I might lose, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lose on the military side because I'm gonna get probably reduced or kicked out the army, right? Yeah, you're gonna be losing. That's just me. Yeah, yeah, of course. But the second, third order effect is. What my daughter did for me to um, lose money out of my pocket. She didn't do nothing. Really? You know? So I'm taking food out of my, my family mouth just to prove something to what I could beat somebody up or whatever. Exactly. So that's why I'm entertaining, yeah. man. They're not thinking. You, yeah, I get you. You're basically saying that, um, pe- that you got to think about the domino effect of your actions. Yeah. It ain't just about you at the end of the day. In that particular moment, it may be about you, but when it's all said and done, you got to think about the domino effect. And I think we're going to end the show with that gym, Shane, because I like that one. You feel me? Like, for the people that's aware of it, yes, but for the people that's not aware of it, like, just be aware of the domino effect that your actions can have on the people around you, particularly your, uh, your loved ones. Right or wrong, my man. Yeah, that, oh, definitely, man. You know, I tell all all my soldiers that, or people who contact me, that's the that's the one thing I, I leave them with. It's like, hey, man, um, you do something, 
you got your family that you got to think about. That's what, because, you know, I don't drink no more, you know. It's been since 2000. It's been almost 10 years since, uh, you know, I had a drink. Hell yeah. Um, so I offer to drive, you know, if somebody, some of my soldiers, I said, y'all drink and y'all the club, y'all could call me. Hawaii is small, man. The whole island, I think you could drive around the whole island three hours. I say, if y'all, if y'all drinking, give me a call. I'll come get y'all myself. You know, because I don't drink. Um, but if you drink and you get a DUI, second, third order effect. What you doing to your family? You know. Yeah. So that's what you know. Some people. That's why I try to get some. But some people let their temper or the ego get ahead of them, and I don't know. They just. Oh, I'm tough, man. I'm like, okay, you tough. But your family about to feel that. Hell yeah. I, I guess it's I guess it's all part of the growing pains, man. You know, you live and you learn, man. But it's always good to have that um it's always good to have that buffer like you around to know, like, damn, bro, like, cause when it's all said and done, years down the line, they're gonna be like, Man, I was in Hawaii, bro, and I damn near almost got in some trouble. If it wouldn't have been for, you know what I'm saying, first class Shane. To come and goddamn scoop us up, man, because we would have been fucked up. You know what I'm saying? And and I feel like yeah. shit like that don't matter to you. Why? Because you're doing that shit from your heart. You know what I'm saying? You ain't doing that shit for recognition. You know what I'm saying? Like you actually yeah. you actually knowing that you know you, you really trying to help help these kids, man. So and and that's what's up, bro. For real, for real. Yeah, man. That's you know that's that's how I was brought up, man. And people understand like that southern that southern um hospitality thing, man. So I, you don't know how many people in Hawaii I speak to, and they just pass by me like I ain't say nothing. I was like, oh man, it was kind of shocking at first because you know in the south most people speak to each other. Um, but yeah, I tell people like people see the awards and how it's like man, I don't do nothing for those awards, you know, because most of my the, most of the awards, you know, your soldiers got to work hard for, you know. So I think most of my soldiers just buy and tell my, you know, what I deliver to them, you know. I just tell them, I generally care about my soldiers, you know. I take care of them. I do anything I can to fight for them. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's funny how some people, some people try to compete with you so much that they lose themselves. And that's what I tell. I, that's another thing I'll tell people. Never try to compete with somebody else. That's real. Compete with you yourself. will lose yourself. Hell yeah, that's real. That's another compete gym you gave us. God damn. <laughs> Some people waste yeah. time trying to compete with others that they lose themselves. Stay focused, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was like, I only compete against myself. I could care less. Because, you know, people always ask me, so we got this school called Tapa School. And, you know, it's, um, it's a prestigious school. People was like, oh, when are you going there? I was like, I don't need to go there because, you know, I have, you know, like I said, I have six years left, so I'm trying to work on after the Army, you know. I'm not waiting till I get out of the Army to think about that. So I'm trying to set my other stuff up. And people ask, I was like, no, I don't need to go to that school, man. Like, that school does nothing for me, you know. It's not going to do nothing for me when I get out. Um, but it's, they doing it because they're trying to say, oh, this person got that, so I want to get that. And I tell them, hey, I don't have to compete with nobody. I'm good where I'm at. If the army say, hey, Storm Payne, you have to get out today, my career, I feel like I have a successful career. Um, so, but so many people try to compete with, with the, with other people that, you know, when they don't reach that goal that that person, um, reached, they then it, you know, they just go downhill. Yep. 
They devastated. Yeah. Devastated. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I dig it, man. I dig it. I can dig it. Well, man, as always, man, thank you for coming on the Black Aristocrats podcast. And you want to tell the people what is your outro song and why you pick your outro song? And we're going to get Hold into up. it. Uh, first, I'd like to thank you for, you know, letting me come on. You know, I was just reaching out to you. I was like, man, he's doing his thing. I like that because, you know, I know you got into the music thing. Uh-huh. Um, and anytime you get into some people, you're going to have your haters. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when I seen the podcast, I was like, uh-oh, I think he's cooking up something right now. <laughs> and I just wanted to reach out and say, hey, I appreciate it. I like seeing what you're doing. Um but the actual song is Jonah Lucas, um, you know, Devil's Work. Um, the reason why um, I chose this song is because there's a lot of good people that are leaving us too soon, man. A lot of good people leaving us too soon. And then, you know, in the song, he just talking about how, hey, give us the good people back and, you know, take the bad, the bad people, the people who's not worth nothing over here. So, you know, I was just looking at Sunset, you know, I don't go there too often, but man, every time I look on Facebook or Instagram, somebody's dying, man. Yeah, it's been crazy like, lately. It's, it's been crazy lately, man, in the exit, man, and prayers go up, man, to, you know what I'm saying, the exit, man, and uh, y'all hold y'all heads, man, and y'all all at least, yeah. you know, find the time to, to to get back into a place of good times, which, you know what I'm saying, that's that 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 was a place of good times, you feel me, so... Yeah, definitely. You know, I say I'll never go back, but I'll never forget where I come from, man. You yeah, know? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, ever since, I ain't going to lie to you, man, and I don't even, didn't want to even share this, but I've, since my mom passed, bro, I ain't even been feeling like going back. But I'm so exit 11 in me. Like, whenever I do yeah. go back, dog, I'm going to go so hard in that bitch that I'm going to, you feel me? I'm going to make some noise. You feel me? So for all y'all, this is y'all warning. <laughs> I'm coming out there to make some noise, believe it or not. You feel me? And that's on yeah. Cookie. You know what I'm saying? So her, her, her trailer going to stay out there and it's going to be out there. It's going to be a staple out there that's pop shit. You hear me? We're going to come out there and we're going to cut up every time we out there. So big ups to Exit yeah, 11. Man. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a lot of people out there that's doing some things. You feel me? So y'all keep on grinding and doing y'all things. And um, yeah, man, definitely. So we're going to get into this devil's work. You dig? Yeah. Once again... Thank you, my dog, for coming on the show and sharing your story. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, you want to give them your uh, you want to give them your um, your Instagram, man, or whatever, so they can, you know, if, if they want to follow you and, and and see what you got going on. Oh yeah, man. Uh, they they want to follow me. They can look me up on um. They can look me up at I'm on there as Louisiana Hi- underscore Hyena. Louisiana yeah. underscore Hyena. Got that, so yeah, y'all man. check my man out, man, and y'all could y'all gonna see him at award ceremonies and running like crazy <laughs> and, and and going to all different places and staying on the plane and all that, man. Go follow my man again. That's at Louisiana, like the state, Louisiana underscore hyena, like the hyenas of the Lion King. Louisiana underscore yeah, hyena, definitely. man. Thank y'all for listening, man. If y'all didn't subscribe so you can get the notification of when this episode comes out, go ahead and subscribe. Once again, thank y'all for listening. The devil's work. Join the Lucas. We out. Peace.
time, bitch. Staring at this Bible as I keep glancing. Dear Lord, I got questions and I need answers. I'm trying to understand your vision, all I see is damage. Just a bunch of dead bodies in the street camping. A bunch of lost souls on their feet standing. We supposed to be your children, I thought we family. You supposed to be my father, bro, I need answers. We don't need to die young, we just need chances. Tired of living on the edge, so we keep scrambling. Trying to talk to these strippers, but they keep dancing. We just want me number one like Steve Francis. Bow our heads, saying praying out of seas planet. Everywhere I turn, I'm seeing MCs vanish. Lot of good niggas gone, I don't understand it. Lot of families lost and they seas stranded. I ain't trying to disrespect you, I just need answers. I know you watching us from heaven thinking who to save. Cherry picking who should go next and who should stay. I'd be on my way to heaven if I knew the way. And bring back every good nigga you choose to take. They say you never wrong, but you done made a few mistakes. Cause you taking the wrong niggas, maybe you should trade. Trade us back all the real ones, remove the fakes. I think you should trade. Give us two pop back and take that nigga shook. Let the legend resurrect that he gon' live for good. I be screaming thug life in every different hood. If only you can bring him back, Lord, I wish you would. Give us Biggie, give us Pun, give us Triple X. Take that nigga Trump with you, that's a bigger threat. There's too much power for a coward with no intellect. That's a bigger with a collar, there's a disconnect. Niggas dying, mama crying, grandma need a tissue. Niggas shooting up the church, now I need a pistol. All them niggas still living, you don't see the issue. But how you taste a leader, then you take a leader with you. I ain't trying to disrespect, just need a meter with you. I ain't trying to overstep, just want a reason with you. Give us back our love, wants to take the evil with you. Send them sucking straight to hell, they don't need a visual. I need you to give us back Martin Luther. Take Martin Screlly. Give us back Malcolm. Take R. Kelly. Black Aristocrats Podcast.